Well, good morning. As a deacon, one of the things I'm required to do each year is to do some sort of a retreat. Now, it's been a little challenging this year, but I hope to get back to it soon. One of the things that in the past few years that I've enjoyed doing is going to a monastery and putting myself for three to four days in a silent retreat where I live with the monks, I eat what they eat, I pray with the monks, and then when that's not happening, I'm in prayer with my Heavenly Father, silent prayer. And I find that it really renews me personally because I turn off my cell phone, I turn off my iPad, I lose total contact with the outside world, and it's just me and God. And it's really renewing to my spirituality and my faith life. Now, in monastic terms, they have a phrase that they say, and it goes like this. Go to your cell, and your cell will teach you everything you need to know. If you leave your cell, you'll come back less of a person. Now, again, in monastic terms, the cell has two meanings. The first meaning is the room that you live in. And it's usually a very small room. It has a bed, a dresser, some place to hang your clothes, um, a desk, a Bible, chair. Maybe if you're lucky, you get a sink in there. But that's it. That's all you have. And that's where a monk goes to spend time in prayer and study and meditation. Now, the other term for cell is what makes us who we are? What is it that really makes us who we are? Our personality, our values, our virtues, our, our skills, our family, the things that are so important to us that make us who we are. That's called the cell. So if we listen to it in those terms, if you go to your cell, it'll teach you everything you need to know. If you leave or depart your cell, you become a less of a person. So why am I telling you all of this monastic stuff? Well, in today's gospel, we hear the story, Jesus has just left the temple where he preached with authority and he drove out demons. And they take him to Peter's house. And Peter's mother-in-law is sick, so Jesus heals her immediately. When night comes, the whole town converges on that house with people that are hurting, that are ill, that are broken, for Jesus to heal them, and he does. Now, I can imagine Jesus might have been a little disappointed that they weren't coming there because they realized he was the Messiah. But he was also probably pretty grateful to open that door for people to discover who he is maybe down the road. But he heals them. And I, may, I would imagine it was very exhausting through the night to be doing this. So we hear him the next morning, gets up before sunrise, goes off to a secluded place to pray. And we've heard that throughout the gospel readings. Jesus goes up the mountaintop to pray. Jesus goes out into the desert to pray. He goes into the garden to pray. Jesus needed this time to commune with his father. He needed that time to speak with his father and to listen to his father. Now, 
Ash Wednesday is very close, so is, as is Lent. That just hit me the other day. I went, oh, it's here. I would like to propose something for all of us, myself included, that during Lent, and you could start now too if you wanted to, we take five minutes and give that to God. Five minutes of prayer, be it silent or whatever it is. We close the door. We remove ourselves from distractions. Five minutes, five minutes a day. Five minutes every other day. I was gonna say five minutes a week, but I think we can do better than that. Give yourself and God that five minutes to be with him, to allow him to speak to you in the silence of your heart. I think at the end of Lent, if you do that, you're going to be longing for that time and want that time. I'll leave you with one thought. Jesus Christ being the most perfect, sinless person that ever walked this earth. If Jesus Christ needed that time with his heavenly Father, how much more do we fallible people need that time with our Heavenly Father? Amen.